You know it's time to do it major. Here's to the hustlers, the movers and shakers. Get up on your grind. Don't let the haters get ya. I know that you got a vision. Now it's time to deliver. Yeah, yeah. Giving you the tools, helping you to grow. Level up, time to shine like you never did before. Let them know. More than a podcast, it's a mindset. You can do anything, you just gotta keep grinding. Let's go. The Entrepreneur Adventure. Hey, the entrepreneur adventure. You ready? Yes, I hit rock bottom. It, if it's going that way, it has to crash. You either have to get away and separate, or you're gonna crash. And I won't go into long details, but it ended with me in the fetal position under a Delta counter in the Atlanta airport. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast, where we give you the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before. And today, we will be speaking with Mike Usry of Southland Organics about the entrepreneur curse. Yeah, you're intrigued. And with that, I'll turn it over to our hosts, Josh Melton and Chad Brown. Welcome, entrepreneurs. We got an exciting guest today on the Entrepreneur Adventure Long-time friend, long-time, I don't even know what to call it now, man. Business associate, business acquaintance, business partner, business buyer-seller. We've been intertwined in all sorts of different ways. We've all known each other through JC's, mm-hmm. I guess, for that was 15 years now. And we're going to talk about the entrepreneur's curse today. Mm. Something that I need to know a lot about because if there's a curse, I am riddled with it. Welcome, Mike Usry. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much for having me. It's, it's going to be fun honor. today. Josh, what do you think? I'm excited. Um, I met Mike. So I'd heard that Mike Usry for years, I feel like. People are like, dude, how do you know Mike? So we had like mutual friends mm-hmm. that knew them. It, it's, what it was was that I, was, I got into a church small group. And like at least two of the couples in the church small group had been in a small group with Mike previously. So they're like, do you know Mike? We feel like you should know Mike. And then randomly one day, I'm walking down in downtown Athens. Matt Quattlebaum's with me. Oh, yeah. And I run into Mike. I'm like, hey, here's Mike. And so I met Mike Ustry in downtown Athens one day. And Well, undoubtedly, I should not have met. It was no, it, it, in, your, in your defense. It was like 2 o'clock in the okay. afternoon. Okay, good. Uh, but, yeah, that was my, I was like, finally, I've heard about you, you know, so much. Oh, were, you, were you like... Yeah, that wasn't as impressive. I mean, he, was he built I, up too much? You know, I actually, was I was like, like, that was Mike. It was awesome. I thought he'd be bigger. Yeah. You know, he <laughs> wasn't quite as experienced. He wasn't quite as <laughs> Division One large as I thought he'd be. Oh, Mike Ustry, by the way, for you guys who are listening to this podcast and can't see him, is division, former Division One athlete. He's, what are you, 6'5"? I don't know how tall yeah, you are. Six, Three and three quarters was my official height. Okay, yes. six three and three quarters. Yeah, um, broke it down. Oh, yeah. Hey, let's yeah. talk about that real quick. Let's let's give a little bit of backdrop of Mike Ustry, but I want to start yeah. on that. You played football at the University of Georgia. Mm-hmm. You were a quarterback. Yes. And then you left and you went to what school did you go University to? University of South Florida. Okay, and you played quarterback there? Mm, I did, and special teams and defense of all weird things. Yeah, yeah. what did you play on defense? Actually, they put me at outside linebacker. All right, he played both ways in college. No, 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 no. let's not let's not <laughs> let's, yeah. pump this up to anything. <laughs> but I think it's I just didn't funny. play very much on either side of the ball. So, but kinda... Mike was the coach, the offense, the defense, <laughs> and the special teams for a college football team down in South Florida. That's the, what I'm hearing. The funny That's thing is, the happened. first time I ever heard it, he's like, he's like, well, I played you know quarterback at Georgia, and then I ended up going to this other school, and he's like, I played linebacker there, and I was like. How often do you hear about the switch from yeah. quarterback yeah. to 
linebacker. Uh, okay, but anyway, I thought that was pretty cool back then when I heard that. Mm. So yeah, so you let's let's start. Let's get the Mike Usfree story kind of started here. You grew up in Florida. Uh, grew up in Moultrie, Georgia. Moultrie, Georgia. Yes, deep right. south. Close to Florida. Yes. Yeah. High school in Tallahassee, Florida. Okay, that's what that's, it was. That's where you got that. Yep. All right. So, Bobby excelled in sports there, I'm assuming, or decent. Yeah. Fairly fairly well so. Uh, sports is my life. So, yeah. grew up with parents that were divorced. So, I guess many kids my age, you got split parents, you go to the sports teams. And the, you know, not my dad wasn't there. He couldn't be there because of. Well, it was, and so, you know, my coaches were my dad. So I was on the football field constantly, always dreamed of playing college football. That's what it was. I had no other direction or ambition but sports, and it was my outlet. So that was it. I mean, got in a lot of trouble, as you can imagine. Most kids <laughs> of divorced parents get in trouble. I got in a lot of trouble, and typical football player was, you know, disciplined often on the football field. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you're growing up, again, Moultrie, Georgia. Uh, that was a thriving metropolis there. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so you grew up in kind of the deep south. Mm. Um, I'm assuming some farm activities in your upbringing somewhere. Yeah, so all of my cousins, they are still farmers. I'm Mitchell County, Georgia, a lot of farmland. That's where my family's from originally, and so – yeah, farming was deep in my blood. Mitchell, Mitchell Baker? Yeah. No, so I went to high school at North Florida Christian in Tallahassee, but oh, most okay. of them okay. would have gone to yeah. Mitchell Baker back oh, then. Yeah. Yep, that's when Mitchell Baker was, oh, was merged, and they were great. Powerhouse. They really power. were, yeah. yeah. So yeah. good athlete, found your way into a, a good football school, Division One athlete, playing quarterback, I think. Mike Bobo was right in front of you for a couple of years. Now. Yeah, he was a starter for my first two years. Was Mike Bobo was right ahead of me, and you know Kirby was a teammate. And God know, I mean, our, we were so loaded with NFL talent; it was crazy. Marcus Stroud, Richard Seymour, Champ Bailey, Boss Bailey, the all pro talent we had on those teams were, I mean, it was incredible. Robert Edwards probably one of the best players I ever played with. All pro rookie season, buzz out his knee, and he's done. So it was. Amazing yeah. times with amazing athletes. Yeah, you play with some really good, I mean, like you said, yeah. top class, top notch, best players in the world, athletes Did, in college. Yeah, didn't he mention like Heinz Ward, all pro receiver? Oh yeah. So you, just, you can just rattle them all from that era. Was UGA your dream? It was. Like it was. Dream school. My this dream school. Both parents went here. All my aunts and uncles went here. I was yeah. coming to Georgia. That was it. So that's so. when, so, so you got that lineage of your family's been at UGA. You go to UGA. Um, is, is that where you and Karen met? Mm-hmm. All right, so you meet your spouse in college. She's a relatively <laughs> moderate, decent athlete herself. Yeah. We can throw anything I ever thought of doing behind because I am simply <laughs> Karen's husband. My favorite <laughs> that part. That is it. My favorite part, I don't know if this is still the case or not, but I saw this picture of Mike, and he's in front of a big picture of his wife, like on the mural in the, like one of the UGA like athletic stadiums or whatever they're called mm-hmm. she's a legit she was a great gymnast there at uga yeah. um i think maybe does she still have some records or something she uh, still has a lot of records yeah. she was five-time all-american the only person to ever get a perfect 40 in gymnastics um she was a honda award winner which is equivalent to the heisman trophy she won three team national titles i mean unreal her career yeah. she probably next to courtney coupettes would have gone down as the when she came out, would have been one of the top two gymnasts of all time collegiately. So she was something else. So the Ustries, my friends, are a little bit athletic, and they are not competitive at all. <laughs> not a competitive bone in their bodies. Uh, your poor children. Yeah, well. I say your poor children. They're probably like 
Mike's well, son like is. How old is your son? Pressing two fifty already. Yeah, I was about to say he's probably already dead. So, so my, they're both nerds though. That's the funniest thing. This is the greatest thing about it. That's I love because awesome. yeah. my little son is just the nerdiest little kid ever. He just <laughs> he's such a good student. My wife and then my daughter, she'll be in sixth grade. And we're trying to figure out a sport pattern for her, but me, she's a socialite, so you just never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, man. Really so, cool. but it's it's fun. So you guys, the people love you guys. They know the Estries. They know the Estries are good athletes. They're they're like fiercely competitive people and so let's like let's get into your entrepreneur adventure so you're in athens you never left athens after college right no i went to university of south florida so we were down there for i was there for four years and right out of grad school so i got my mba from university of south florida um you know it was all finance 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 and i went straight into being a broker got my series seven and 63 off the bat was trying to sell stocks, bonds, mutual funds. You know, that was it oh. from day one. Boy, I, I can't imagine story. a worse fit for you. I can, yeah, exactly. Oh <laughs> you know me now going, what in the world? So I'm like, you know, cracking the Black Shoals model out, trying to figure out options and stuff. It just wasn't. Uh, maybe it was good on paper, but it was not a fit. Yeah. So, yeah, that was How long did it take you to figure out this is not for me? I want something different. Well, you know what? I figured out that you're really not doing anything but sales at that point. Yeah. It's yeah. only it. sales. Absolutely. They lie to you when you take that, you take that <laughs> license and it's a lie. So I'm like, I could do the math. I like math. But no, yeah, it was not a fit. It didn't take very long at all for me to figure that out. All right, so you're in Florida, you're doing that, and then what happens? So you figure out, like, this is not for me. What happens? Yeah, well, yeah, so I figured that out. We had gotten married. We're down there kind of on an island, right? You can't be – because those guys, they exploit your network. They mm-hmm. only, so I'm out really knocking doors, and the only people who are going to listen to me, they shouldn't be listening to me. <laughs> like twenty four year old snot knows coming over telling me what to do with my retirement money. I mean, it's just common sense. You're just not going to do it. So <laughs> it hilariousness. So all of about six months. We open a smoothie bar in a gym. That oh, was, okay. So you're yeah. entrepreneurs like right yeah, off the bat. Right off the bat. Was this out of necessity or just challenge or desire or what? Opportunity presented itself. Okay. Yeah. Kind of fell in your lap. You know? Yeah. And, well, y'all, and y'all, I assume y'all had very little fear. Oh, man. Mike knocked on some doors like, like oh, can I talk to you about some let's stocks? That's the problem with it is, is it's like, you know, you're told at football to run into that goalpost, you run in that goalpost. Yeah. And you go, yeah, I can run, I can do it. And so that's kind of what you, what you do. And so, yeah, it's like, okay, what do we know about smoothies? Nothing. They don't have Wikipedia at this point. So uh, we'll just figure it out. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how it rolled down and <laughs> smoothie bar in a gym. We were, you know, and we were being pushed around by the owners there. They were trying to guide us and manipulate us and everything else. And about nine months later, that folded up. I've worked. I learned how to work during that. Boy, <laughs> you want to talk about it? The hours. <laughs> the hours. So the gym opens at 5. It closes at 11 p.m. Oh, Guess who's there at boy. both ends of the turn? Oh, wow. Yeah. You're a numbers guy, so I'm sure you were cheap, too. The oh, employees weren't anywhere in sight. Oh, so. yeah. It was it was a nightmare. Oh, so, yeah, that that's why it lasted all of nine months, long as nine months of my life. Probably not my wife's who carried two kids, but it was a challenge. Yeah. So, so that was day one, yeah. It was right off the bat. Uh, so, so, all right, when that folded, were you like, I'm never owning a business again, or I'm never starting anything, or are you like, eh, that didn't work, let's move on to something else? Eh, that didn't work, let's, uh, let's figure yeah. it out. So you had it in your blood. Yeah. The entrepreneur side was, it was just there. I, I, you know, it goes back. So if we go way, way back in my history, my uncle during the depression opened up a secondhand furniture store in okay. Moultrie, Georgia. So if you don't know what secondhand furniture is, he's going to 
the dumpster, buying finding furniture and piecing it back together, cleaning it and reselling it. That's called a low cost of goods. Yes, it is. <laughs> low cost of goods. And by the time I'm growing up in the 70s, all my family work at this furniture store. Mm-hmm. It is our inheritance that we're still, you know, my aunts and uncles are still, that's where their wealth came from. Was yeah. his dumpster diving back in the Depression. So, yeah, it's been in my blood. I never knew my grandparents owned that furniture store. Because he and my uncle didn't have any kids. And so they worked in it. Everybody I knew, my family worked for themselves in that furniture store. So I just kind of inherently knew that's what you do. You oh, don't, yeah. It's just different yeah. upbringing. I wasn't yeah. told, go get a job, work nine to five and do this. It's like, no, the employee's going to work at lunch. You go to lunch at one o'clock when they come back. Yep. So that's just how you, I was brought up. It's interesting. And I guess that's kind of a rural South thing because it was just like that in my hometown. You either, you either work for the school system. Well, you had your own business. Like, there wasn't any other real option. There's no in-between. Yeah. So you're getting taught ownership mentality from day one, pretty much. Like, you day just one. saw, like, this is what the owners do. This is the employees are this. This is what their responsibilities are. This is how they perform. Family owns the company. This is how, this is how we do it. So, yeah, so you walk into this with the smoothie bar with the entrepreneur curse slash, I mean, the you know, entrepreneur curse in your DNA. Curse in the DNA. It's like you got the virus, man. You know what I'm saying? Like you got, yeah. I don't know how you get vaccinated against this though. You don't. Is it two shots or three? Um, <laughs> so there was a smoothie bar for nine-ish months. And then you, again, so you shake that off and all right, it's not, let's go look for a job and I'm not doing entrepreneur thing because you got the curse. You're stuck with it. What was the thought process of what to do next? Well, you know, I, and I can't talk about my history and everything to go, God opened a door, God closed the door in it, it all circumstances. So I remember we were, my wife and I were jogging on the beach, and a buddy of mine, Brian Harris, who lives here in Athens, works at Jackson Spall, he calls up and says, Karen, I got you a job in Athens. I'm like, hey, buddy, what? It, what? <laughs> I mean, like, we live in Tampa. Why are you calling? So. She's like, do you want to, what are we, okay. So she's like, all right, well, I guess I'll go interview. Because we kind of at that point, we're at the end of our, hey, we're down here on an island. We're a little homesick. It's been four years. Um, smoothie bar, going nowhere fast. And it's coming to an end. We know it's coming to an end. That door opens. She takes off in the middle of the night, comes up here and interviews at Georgia, gets a job at UGA. I'm like, okay, well, all right. And so meantime, I am coaching high school football at yeah, because I, okay. I can do everything because I've got unlimited hours, right? That's part of what we do because we don't know to say no. Um, and so, yeah, I finish out the football season there coaching. And I'm like, okay, I'm now gainfully unemployed work, where my wife's working. So as soon as I get to Athens, Brian actually had a job for me. Great guy, you know. So I worked for his dad for nine months, and then I was women's clothing boutique. <laughs> All right. I mean, I've never heard this story. Hold before. on, wait. I had yeah. no idea you, there was women's clothes in your past. You took a job at a women's clothing boutique. No, we opened. Oh, I thought you said you took a job there. I was like, no, no. Okay, so I because this job. was this got so much better for me. I was like, <laughs> you like wait what? Why are you like holding out? You were like doing this about this way. Okay. Were you doing a sign? Out for, were you twirling a sign out twirling front? Sign. Is that- shop here, shop here. <laughs> oh, boy, that, that didn't get discovered until recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was working at Paget Business Services. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I worked for the franchisor side of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I was doing, I was traveling the country, so you which were- is great being my age, having an entrepreneur bug. So I'm visiting all the offices. Yep. That's what I did for 
I don't, it was probably right at a year. They uh-huh. had their own software. They had their own model. The whole shebang. And, yeah, and it was my know. job to go out and train, help train on that, visit offices. You got it installed right, blah, blah, blah. And then go door knocking with them, which I'm like, oh, I've done this oh, for yeah, a while. Let's go door to door. And so, so is that where your first computer mm-hmm. and coding and yes, that experience come into play? Exactly. Oh, that's really cool. Okay. It is where yeah. it came into play. So, I, you know, I'm there and you can only, it's just like, it's like, okay. I got knocked down. I caught my breath. I've knocked the dust off. Okay, now what? I'm ready to go back out again. That's just kind of, I guess, yeah. how it was. So. An interesting thing though for that for that, for that this particular is one of the symptoms of the curse. It is. It is. Right. Right. That itch. <laughs> it's a rash, man. Um, the the job that you got though was you were working with entrepreneurs, right? You're going out and. Talking to people that are account, an accountant, an entrepreneur. I guess I don't have a whole I don't have a whole lot of good things to say it's about like accountants. Backroom introverted entrepreneur. It's still an entrepreneur. Yeah. Hey, I say the funny thing is I grew up in an accounting office because my parents were accountants. Oh, really? Which is this is why I could I could be friend Chad. Like I know how to speak his accounting language. Gotcha. <laughs> but so yeah. So anyway, you're working with people. So I guess what, what I'm saying is that there are certain jobs that somebody with an entrepreneurial like spirit can take that aren't as bad. Because you're like, yeah. at least you're talking to other entrepreneurs. You're still not going to be able to last there forever. I had a job in my like journey where like I was a CEO that of a, a trade association. And mm-hmm. so my boss was like a board of directors. So I didn't have one person that was like, could tell me what to do. I had a 30 yeah. that could collectively. But I didn't feel like I was working for one person, which worked for me. So in this scenario for you, you're at least going around and talking to people that are entrepreneur. And you're doing it from a position of, I guess, somewhat authority, right? You're the trainer. You're showing, yeah. helping them get yeah. set up. Well, you probably learn a lot too, right? I learned an awful lot, a, a lot at that job, and it was one of the best. You know, you, you we rely on our experiences, and that was a great experience learning a lot of foundational things, how to interact, how to network, which I'm not good yeah. at now, but socialize stuff. No, it was a great, great education. That's really cool. And now, all right, I got a feeling this is where the real entrepreneur curse comes in. Oh yeah, I love this part. There was an opportunity. Yeah, yeah tell, how did you get to it this? It might thing? not have been a good fit. God, terrible. It I, might it, not have been anywhere you had any I knowledge, wanna, but I feel an opportunity coming. I got to know the story of this one because I don't think anybody looks up Mike Ostrian and is like, you know what? Women's fashion. That's where that guy yeah. belongs. Yeah, but you think he should own a women's clothing store. He, I mean, he, he's used to working long hours. He's obviously an athlete and in good shape. Why wouldn't a guy with a strong work ethic who has a nice physique to go in there, work behind the register with his shirt off, and sell a lot of women's clothes. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I kind of naturally see a business model here that could probably work. That is exactly how it happened, but yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. I am a Greek god. Let me take a work at the, the register. He was on the sign, you know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right, so how did this happen? How did this opportunity How did the curse strike this so There's parts of my life that I try to blank out and, and hypnotize myself. This is probably part of it. I honestly, God, don't remember how it started other than I got on my own business again, and my wife's sister was working in women's fashion, and she's a buyer, and let's do this thing together. Okay, okay. let's go in. I got an avenue to buy clothes. I, yeah. I, got, I know where to get the So the goods. my whole thing was I had, I'm going to go hang my shingle out and do consulting marketing while this little store runs on the side. You know, oh, okay. every, yeah. every little oh, yeah. side business, because yeah, that's so, how they all start yeah, out. This is going to require zero you. time from you doing this yeah. thing. You so I, an hour I got a question for you. All of my side, all my side gigs turned into businesses. I didn't even want to be in those businesses, but I had one goal with my side gig is like, I'm like, 
I want to have this thing like make 20 grand. I'm like, if I had like four side gigs making 20 grand a year, my life will be a dream. That was always, that was you my, telling me that that was my yeah. side gig, like goal forever. Yeah. So what was your side gig goal? What did you like, what did yeah, you want to accomplish? I would say very similar. Yeah. That side gig goal. So by the way, I have grown to absolutely loathe the term side gig because <laughs> there's no such thing as a side gig. If it were, everybody it's would like have full, one. Yeah, full-time job. I'll start another full-time yeah. job. That's I started another full-time job. That's what it is. So it's like, I spent a lot of money to have another full-time job. Yeah. yeah. At some point, you go like, am I really that dumb that I've done this again to myself? <laughs> it's what it's become. So, and, yeah. Hey, seriously, that's the curse, though, right? It is the curse. Because you do it. You're, you continue to do it. Well, me and Chad were on a run yesterday, and we're like, the same conversation the 400th time. I think we probably need to quit some things. Mm. So I quit some things. He's like, well, I did quit some things. I like, yeah, then you started some things. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Josh, I got rid of two things. I got rid of two yeah. things. I'm like, yeah. And then you like decided you want to plan a business conference in the middle yep. of a pandemic. I mean, I, <laughs> exactly. Because I can. You had all that extra free time yeah. after you quit some things because you had no time. Yeah. It's, it's time. What is time <laughs> management? It's just, uh, that, but that, that's it. So, Starting things and going. So this was, I assume this was pre-online days. This was a like retail shop. Retail shop in five points. Oh, wow. You went all out. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You, so you bought an existing, a bit, no, existing store? You no, started no, 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 no. We started from scratch because, okay. listen, I'm not going to take your advice on it. I've done this never, not even in my dreams, but I'm going to try it myself. <laughs> yeah. You know, just looking back, I'm like, Mike, you're Nimrod. If you told me to do that today, I'm like, what in the world? But you're young, you're arrogant, you can do whatever you want to do. It's just look at us now. We're old See, and arrogant. Right exactly. Now. Man, that, that, I agree. That curse is kicking in. I'm I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, man, you've got like experience there and you're a genius at online marketing. Why don't we do that same thing online right now? Like women's clothes oh, are killing. Man, you're oh, yeah, yeah, great idea. Yeah. 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 You guys will start a business by the end of this. So podcast what was the name episode. of the store? What was o- Opulence. Opulence. That's a good name. It was a great name. Yeah. And hey, marketing was fun. I thought this? it was I was expecting some like athlete South Georgia. Oh or, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, combined redneck name <laughs> there all in one. <laughs> we were high Opulence class. Yeah, Opulence. Good. I like that. Yeah. So uh, you started this so all right, so your sister in law works at a women's clothing boutique yeah and as a buyer so it turns into like okay like we could do this on our own we could do it better probably it's something along the lines right yeah you know a little bit of it she was living down in florida wanted to move back it just kind of her and her sister really close we just kind of wanted to find a fit for her and it was kind of a good excuse yeah for me it was really i was like oh yeah that's a great excuse i'll get this thing up and running i'll help her do it i'll own it but she'll get paid and then i'll go because right, I'm a brilliant marketer at all of age 24, 25. Because everybody's gonna trust me, and then you know that whole mentality. And then you know you just think, oh yeah, without ever really somebody going, dude, okay, learn some things. Hey you man, start I gotta off. tell you though, you should have felt that way based off your massive smoothie bar success. <laughs> exactly, you feel the like you got all. Empire is now. Or like I've learned all the lessons yeah. from that. Let me apply them here. So you start this women's clothing boutique with your along sister along with the marketing. Yeah, and, and you're also too. like gonna again be a freelance consultant in the marketing world is that kind of what you're looking for or are yeah. you looking to like launch an agency never plan to do that okay. so no 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 <laughs> i really i just wanted to be free and i really was doing freelance i was actually working a lot on venture capital jobs out of greensboro so i was okay. driving up to greensboro constantly and they were i loved them you know yeah. it was one of those it was hit or miss you either get a nice little payday or you get zero so there was a couple of those little paydays that had hit you know once or twice yeah. a year and they were okay great I mean, I'm, we were going in and pitching. It's funny, it's because like now I would be doing the marketing pitching 
thorough. You wouldn't dare have me, but I was given the financial presentations and running the numbers. Yeah, because you yeah. had this background and you have a degree in that area. I do have a degree in that area. So if you want to put it together, yeah. cash flow modeling and all that stuff, that's what I was doing, building out the cash flow modeling for three years, so on and so forth. I hadn't done it in a long time, but I was doing it then. I enjoyed it and I could sell that. So yeah, we were in some with some big companies. It was pretty fun. So you had nice. fun doing that. Fun doing that. And yes. then you're so you like this business launched on this on the side, uh, this nice <laughs> yeah. side gig. You're doing the marketing consulting. Like what happens next? You don't even remember, do you? I do remember, <laughs> and this is probably the biggest regret of my okay. life. Is Ooh, this is good here? Yeah. So financial modeling, you start going like turnover ratio is big because the more turnover you get on. Can a I profit, ask you what year this is? By the way, as you're going through this r- roughly. Okay, so yeah, we moved back in '03, so this okay. would have been around about '04. I mean, this is right. quick, right? My okay. wife moved back in '02, so we were only six months away. Yeah, so this is probably '04. All right. So yeah, I decide because from the franchising days, we were doing all these franchising shows. There was a company called Bevco that was doing beverage monitoring and turnover and blah blah blah. Whatever. I was like, man. Bars are really profitable things. I don't even drink at the time. I'm like, wow, you can turn it over with 60% margin like that? Let's buy a bar. You know, (laughs) says every Nimrod ever. So, yes, guess what I do? I buy a bar. Was this? All right, so you're buying an existing bar in this one. I bought an existing bar. Did you go looking for it or did you just stumble on? Literally, you salt this one out. Salt this one out. You're a confident entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm a whole boy. We're going to buy something. Oh, we're in like stage four of the curse now. Yes, this is all while being less than two years removed from grad school, mind you. (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't have a year. I didn't have most. I went straight from undergrad to grad school. So I have zero experience trying to do this stuff. And I, but I assume you had this really huge savings account. (laughs) (laughs) That savings account is still, you know, we're still working on paying that one off. No, no, but it's amazing when you're confident what people give you money on. Yeah. Oh, especially then too, back in that time period. Yeah. Oh, you, Oh, four, Oh five. You couldn't lose brother. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted to build a house or buy a business you could get fun you could get fun so i'll never forget this is having this beautiful game plan because i'm putting together business plans and oh yeah you've done it for the dude i had this gorgeous model of a game plan go in sit down with bill hopper national bank of georgia and i was telling bev and his son this couple weeks ago sit down with bill bill looks at it and doesn't even read it he goes mike if you're buying a bar you can stop right where you're at And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm blah, blah, blah. You're thinking I'm all big and mad. He's like, you're not buying a bar. And so what did every arrogant person do? He's like, you're not my banker anymore. <laughs> and I walked away from Bill, which he gave me the best piece of advice, but I still went ahead, did it anyway. Yep. And y'all, you know the story there. Dude comes in, I, first day, I own a bar. This guy walks in the front door. He's talking about entrepreneur. This is brilliant for, on his behalf. No idea who this guy is. I wish I knew who it was today. Comes in, sits down, and says, are you Mike? I'm like, yeah. Or no, I think some of the guys are like, hey, so-and-so's out here. He's never been in the bar. He wants to talk to you. He's another bar owner. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, blah, blah. I woke up, are you Mike? Yes. He goes, let me tell you how this is going to go down. Oh, okay. He goes, this is day one. Day one of my adventure down. He said, you're going to make a lot of money your first year. Solid. Yeah, I know I am. Year two, it's going to dwindle off, but you're going to be good, doing good. Year three, it's going to take a turn. And if you're not bankrupt morally or 
financially by year five, you will be soon thereafter. Wow. He said that to me in about two sentences right there in front of my face. And I'm like, nope, buddy, I got an MBA. It ain't happening to me. <laughs> five years later, he was spot accurate. Dead accurate. You owned that bar for five years. Unfortunately. Wow, I didn't know that. Unfortunately. So he was dead on. Spot on. But appreciate the heck out of him for having the guts to come into somebody he didn't know. Yeah. And saying that to me. And if I so I had two warnings. It's like the ghost of Did bar he like, Christmas. Yeah. Present did, here. Did he tell you who he was? Or was he no, like, hey, he I'm John from so and so? Well, no, every all of my Everybody staff knew, knew who he was. No, he was yeah. one of those guys. You all knew who he was. Yeah. And he had just sold his bar. He was out. He was coming to give friendly advice that I should have heeded. But, I mean, I'm That's telling you, amazing. things you remember. Like, there's a lot yeah. of things I oh, yeah. don't remember, yeah. but you remember those oh, moments. Oh, man, you probably yeah. wish you didn't remember that one, right? Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, you're kind of well, like, oh, man, I wish I would have taken that dude's advice, or well, I wish I didn't remember that he gave it to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> in some ways, I find great solace in going, that dude had a lot of courage. Oh, yeah. You know? That and is. That's just, man, that's just giving. That's just. It is. Damn. And I would like to think now, if I'm maybe not as dumb, maybe, that yeah. I would listen to somebody that comes to me and says, listen. I've yeah. done this before. You have no pattern of work. You have none of this in your history. Listen to some experience. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think that's an age thing. Yeah. It's an age. Well, you know, you say it too. I think age gives you more opportunity to, to probably grow into that. But there's some 40-year-old stubborn guys and 50 and 60 and 70. You know what I'm that's saying? That's true. Like age by itself that. doesn't do it. You still got to humble yourself. Yeah. And sometimes I think being humiliated is what brings you that humility that you need. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a great way of putting it because a lot of times in my life have I been humiliated, but Mm -hmm. it's the only thing that got through. Yeah. If it got through. So, all right, bars, they don't run themselves. Bars, you can't just work your way through and make it happen. There's crazy hours. There's multiple employees. Like, you had to build, like, people management skills at this point, I assume, right? Yeah. Well, they run well on paper. (laughs) They run really well on paper. There's a, there's just no end to the, like, I literally, if I could black that area out of my That's life, a, I yeah. would do it. Yeah. Now, so I am, um, learned a lot about people then learned a lot about, you know, bad choices. I mean, terrible choices. Yeah. Th- there's some just really dark stories that came out of those, that time in my life. There's some, I mean, you know, there, and there's very, very, very few good stories that came out of there. There's just no doubt about it. I still can call any of those guys and they'll call once a year once twice you catch up or something you say hey hello but uh no i can't say is he absolutely other than just a raw experience and a rough time rough patch you know so that's it was it did you get enough knowledge and experience where it was worth it or no you could just wipe that out and cut that from your entrepreneur story it's so hard to say okay yeah it's so hard to say if that because it's it's definitely a part of me that a lot of people don't know. Like y'all didn't know that, right? You no. you probably knew I'm, it. so well, I, I knew there was a bar or something in the past, but I didn't know you owned a bar for five years. Yeah, two of them too, by the way. Oh yeah, I was gonna say I thought I remember two bars. Yeah. Was it one downstairs, one upstairs? Yeah. Is that right? All right. Mm-hmm. So whenever you and I met, as I mentioned in down, downtown Athens, it was on the tail end of you owning the bars. Mm-hmm. You did own the bars at the mm-hmm. time, and I think okay. you were in the process of like unloading them because I'd have met you in two thousand eight or nine something yeah. like that yes yeah, so that was at the end of the so what all right so in these five-year time right, yeah i need to know how, how it get, stacks up too is, is the marketing and the clothing is that gone is that like the bar business is too good i'm shutting that down or yeah so walk us through from time? from you yeah. started this clothes the women's clothing 
uh, boutique. Great, by the way, in the process of how did that go in doing the marketing and picking up the bars? Like, walk us through that just briefly, as far as in like, all right, I had that, then I launched this, and where yeah. you went next? I guess the ideas I'm trying to remember about was I'm traveling to Greenville a lot, making all these other people money. Really, what it was because we would I'd hear about oh that project we did they they blew up nice. We get nothing for the starting off. That's just we were hired guns, whatever. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay here. We moved the clothing store downtown Athens. We rehabbed, um, I don't even know, next to Transmet Pizza. Okay. Really yeah. gorgeous build out, by the way. Um, that's, I got some construction kicking in there. Um, yeah, so ended up you're, you're at the end of year two, had a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. Should have listened to the guy, mm-hmm. should have put it away. Nope. Went in, renovated upstairs, opened another bar because that's okay. the smart Re-in- thing to do. Reinvested. Reinvest. Doubling down. We're doubling down because we got this thing figured out. Sarcasm in my voice, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, so my, my day, I still even then got up really early, super early, a couple cups of coffee, open the clothing store, manager comes in, get them going, pounding coffee till noon, Diet Cokes start pounding from noon to about four. Go up in the bar. Now it's time to have your sedative and wind the other way, right? And that was an awful, ugly pattern of just yeah. caffeine, alcohol. Caffeine. Yeah. And I didn't drink alcohol going into this thing. So it takes its toll of sh- what it does. What working, I would say this, take the bar out of it. Working extreme hours, y'all know this. I don't care what you're doing. If you don't take the time to sleep, rest, and recharge your battery, yep. whatever that is, that's part of the curse. Yeah. I went about five years in my story, exact same thing. I didn't exercise. I work, God knows, I don't know, 80 hours, 90 hours a week. I drink coffee on top of coffee. I went out four or five nights a week. Yep. I would stay up too late. The only way I'd be able to perform the next day is drink more coffee. Yep. And I was at the age I could I could hold it together. But boy, it started the wheels start. As I got older, my body was like, uh, uh-uh, uh. That's when the wheels start falling off. Do you feel yeah. like Mike that the same thing, the physical stress of again that the the lifestyle, so to speak, like they're working so hard, not sleeping enough, taking whether they're. I mean, honestly, most of us as entrepreneurs consume a lot of legal substances in yeah. mass quantity that do affect the way that we operate. Again, yes. if you're amped up, you got to amp down somehow. Yeah, like, we get ourselves in this like legal cycle of like turmoil to some degree yeah and i know because for me my story would be would be similar to yours here like i was physically exhausted that left that led to like emotionally exhausted mm-hmm. led to spiritually exhausted like it, it did turn into this dark night of the soul for me for sure nailed it it yes i hit rock bottom it if it's going that way it has to crash you either have to get away and separate or you're gonna crash yeah, yeah. and I won't go into long details, but it ended with me in the fetal position under a Delta counter in the Atlanta airport. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was supposed to get on a flight that morning to go to the Bahamas to, and a lot of stuff happened leading up to this, just story after story after story. And I was supposed to go fly down there, get a boat and sail back to Charleston. Lifetime experience to do this, right? With this group. And then I get there and... I'd been to the Bahamas, Bahamas many times when I lived in Florida. You didn't need your passport. And so when the lady said, you got to have a passport, it's post 9-11. I don't know why. That tri- triggered me. <laughs> so I'm calling my wife. I'm like, I gave the phone to a lady to call my wife. It was that bad. My wife has to get off work, come back, pick me up from the airport, take me to home. 
because I was done. I mean, yeah. that was it. Yeah. She had to go quit her job right then and there at the University of Georgia, right? And start running a bar and a clothing store because her husband is now incapacitated. So you were legit like there was a moment in time yes. where it just crashed for you. It crashed. And you're like, I'm just done. Like yeah, I just, It's too much. It's, yeah. it's not even a choice I made. Yeah. It was made for me by me. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not. So you yeah. legitimately like all those things I just mentioned, physically, emotionally, they're just kind of like you're just the computer of you shut down. Crashed. It crashed. And there was but, no like restart. It was like there's a malfunction mm-hmm. here. There's which, not a quick fix. Yeah. So, you know. Wait, when is this, by the way? What time period is I'm, this? I think this is, this is probably 08. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be. It's right then and there. Um, so, so I'm assuming there's probably some financial strain in this time period. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's, again, that, oh, yeah. The that's oh, recession. You, that's, oh, yeah. Jesus, yeah. Fact, well, this is when we just first started a new small group at church. Mm-hmm. We were there with Ken Trells and Andy and Brittany Toms, who okay. were on this, you know, mm-hmm. y'all yeah. know them very well. So the funny story there, and our, my connection with Andy is pretty deep. Yeah. Is, uh, we don't know them. We go to, the, this is two days after this crash. And my wife is like, you're going to go to church group tonight. You don't, you don't have to do anything else, but you're going to get out of bed and go to this church group. So we go over, and I'm you know, thoroughly embarrassed. They don't even know my story, but yeah. I, you got to tell it. It's small group what you do. Did you it's, just start this small group? Just fresh started it. Well, this is making me sweat already. Never, like, oh, I didn't know any of these people. So you don't know these people. Didn't know them oh. from Adam. I never met them. And we're sitting oh, over at Will and Cat Cantrell's uh, den. I get there late, of course, because I'm debating not going. <laughs> and by the time I get there, my wife had already had a conversation with Andy Toms. And then he's like, yeah, we're going to St. Uh, uh, we're going to Salt Lake City tomorrow to pick up an RV to drive it across country for this guy I work for, blah, blah, blah. Karen doesn't even know. She goes, can my husband go? And I'm like, so I get there. She has already booked me a ticket to go with this strange guy the next morning to Salt Lake City. Oh, this is amazing. Yeah, it, it, that is a smart the, woman. It's brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Man. So, yes, I met Andy Toms briefly that night, and he goes, okay, I guess I'll see you at the airport in the morning. Huh? You're like, hey, my last like, airport last experience, <laughs> which was a week before, was not very good. <laughs> You're like, Karen, I don't know if Andy yeah, can pick I, me up and carry me or not. Go. So I ended up flying <laughs> to Salt Lake City. We ski a little bit. We take this RV and we got to drive it back. We break down in Salina, Kansas for three days. <laughs> yeah, Andy can tell the story very well. But we, me and Andy, one of the guys, Zach Goss, sat in the Salina, Kansas mall and just debriefed my entire life. <laughs> it was wow. weird. It was really weird. But that was what, that was the dark night of the soul, picking up and going, don't be an idiot anymore. You know, there's a right way and a wrong way to do yeah. things. You've been cursed. Let's figure out how to do this better maybe at this point. Okay. So. And so at this point in time. What so an you amazing have, gift oh, and opportunity awesome. for all this to like come together. Oh, like yeah. That. Yeah. And I love how you like weaved in a, a former podcast guest too. It's almost like we paid you to do that. That didn't, this story, by the way, guys, this isn't even real. We asked, we wrote this before. Yeah, we asked Mike to scripted. read it. He just sounded, he reads really well. Um, you had the two bars. Yeah. Did you still have the women's clothing store at this time? We, my wife sold it. Okay. Oh, wow. She came in, she sold it. Boom. Right. Out of there. How we cleared that thing with as little debt as we cleared it with was amazing. We got a check. She sold it to somebody else. They came in, took inventory away from us. You, she sold it during a recession. Yeah. 
That is amazing. All right, so she came in and cleared that up. She's Karen the liquidator. Little liquidator. At this point. Guess yeah. who's our next podcast? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talking to the wrong guy. Three. Yeah, the, Karen the closer. <laughs> yeah, Karen the closer. Exactly. Oh, fixer. Yeah. She comes she in. She's a fixer. Yeah. yeah. She really, I mean, that's amazing. The support of her is just phenomenal. But yeah, she gets rid of that. Um, I kind of come back to and get rid of the bars. Okay. Yeah. Right. And at this Shut point, down, she doesn't have a job. I'm closing it down or I'm. No, I sold it. Okay. Um, yeah. But at a really good deal, right? It's like, hey, here you yeah. go. Here uh, you go. This is all yeah. yours. What what can I finance for you? You know, yeah. that type deal. Yeah. That's I got to awesome. get out of here. So that's a, okay. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a win-win solution here. Let's unravel yeah. this thing. And now is it, I'm going to market? Um, well, it, you know, during all the, yeah. So all this time I've been doing some freelance marketing mm-hmm. and, no, I went to work. Got it. Telling that. Oh yeah. So me and Mike have a we. If you go ahead and look at our LinkedIn profile, I was probably not there for either one of us. But yeah. <laughs> we did not work at the same time. I don't think no. we crossed over. Mm-hmm. But we did work. We have a same employer in our uh, in our background. Yep. Telnet. Tell yeah. Which that. again, this would have been. I don't dive America. Very system. similar. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I worked on those too. Telnet marketing. Not that one. I worked at one on the east side. Overworld Pinnacle Bank. Yeah. I, oh, okay. I, the yeah. way I justified it at the time was like, I'm not. HCS I'm not, marketing. That's one HCS. I was I'm not I calling that. people at night at dinner. I'm calling like IT guys during the day. I yeah. Feel good about it. Yeah, but yeah. this also, this Brian Harris kind of sneaks back into the picture here, right? Because this was a, a connection you have somewhat through those guys, right? No, it's absolutely because I guess Brian can smell it when I'm getting down and out. <laughs> so I'm literally vacuuming. One day, and he calls, he goes, or maybe his wife even calls, like, I got a job for you at Telenet. I'm like, what's Telenet? You know? Okay. So Karen's like, all right, do you feel good? Are you okay to go work? And I mean, I had really made a lot of progress in a couple months. And so, yeah. So I went back there, and my world had instantly, you could tell it had changed. Things started working, clicking, doing, you know, and it was a good, great, really learned a lot there. Yeah. Learned an awful lot there. Had some interesting bosses, you know, out of that place. But uh, yeah, you uh, there was you know great lessons. I was there for thirteen months. So. Yeah, which is how long I was there. I, yeah, when yeah. I started working there, <laughs> we had different positions there. When I started working, I was like, I'm I, I have to have a job for at least a year before I leave, which goes into your nine month increments earlier. Yeah, I was like, so I was there, and I told somebody this yesterday. I was like, I was there like thirteen months. Thirteen, like twelve months and a few days. I turned in a notice. It was at Christmas time. I like, kind of worked, you know, worked through the holidays. Yeah. And I did. Literally nothing for like two weeks. Just, <laughs> there's nothing to do there. You remember this? For, if you were there on Christmas, Christmas time, yeah. there's like nothing going on. You just like dial and nobody's there ever. So I want to go back for just a second during this dark night of the soul piece. Mm. How long does this period last before like when you're the, the Delta moment to when you start working at Telenet? Because y'all are basically saying like we're closing out this past life. We're selling this clothing store. We're getting rid of these bars. We're going to start something new, whatever new looks like. So... From that crash to when I started working at Telenet was only, was I, I think I started working there in September. Yeah, no, I started working there in October. So it would have been January to October was that period. Okay. Now, I do remember while I was at Telenet, we still owned one of the businesses for a little bit. We were closing on it. Yeah, so, in this so my process. wife was dealing with that. Because you don't sell a company typically. I guess Karen does. You don't sell <laughs> a company typically in 30 days. Like no, it yeah. It typically takes a, a you know, sometimes a year plus right. to really get out of something by the time you get all the, everything through the process, all the numbers, all the agreements, mm. all the whatever, whatever that go into it. So many variables. Going through this kind of crazy time, cause, and I'm, I'm asking this question specifically, Mike, because I didn't know this part of your story, like specifically. I knew like the bars, getting out of it, that kind of stuff, but not what you just shared with us about the Delta well, thing. I'm surprised Andy didn't tell me that. 
come on, Andy, share all Mike's secrets with me. You've been with him for three days. You know a lot of stuff in the mall. He knew it all. He knew it all. (laughs) Uh, What a great guy, by the way. He is solid. Yeah, he is a solid guy. A lot of entrepreneurs go through this. They go through this thing where they're like, they they may not completely shut down in, in the airport, but I mean, I know for me, man, like, if I didn't have, like, I had similar stories like that where I just, I literally was on the ground and couldn't get up. Yeah. And because I just, I like, I don't even know if I can live this way. I don't know if I can live through this. Like, I don't, I don't know if I can get myself to get up and go to the next job kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people go through this. So for you, was the process of going through that like dark night of the soul, did you get like professional help? Did you just get, get through, find good friendships with people like Andy? What were the, the kind of maybe some of the steps you took to recover? So I sought professional help um didn't find it which was odd because okay. i think the people are asking of they're like you need help because they see you know most people see an entrepreneur they they automatically assume you've got it put together which i don't know why people assume oh, that you own your own business you make your own hours oh, you, you work got, when you want to you're loaded yeah all these we're constantly trying to put something together yeah. it's, how yeah. the hell am i making payroll friday and it's wednesday exactly yeah. that's exactly but they think they have that they put this image of yeah. an entrepreneur right. where it doesn't belong and this is pre-podcast pre-youtube we didn't Mm-mm. none of that was going on this was you know, yeah. black and white so you had, chef days I mean, you, was, you sought professional help yeah no. <laughs> yeah i remember just kind of going up to some people at church going like dude i need help you got any suggestions they're like like what are you strange i did not would not have put me i don't know what it was but it was hey you know i had some really strong people from church that are still lifelong friends today um Andy Tom's there, you know, became friends with Will and Cat, Brad Broxton, all these names I can name, but there's just people, community there. You know, everybody needs a tight knit community. I know we're all pretty much introverts, at least we are to a large degree. And yeah. so we don't want that's the part of an entrepreneur who likes their quiet time. But, you know, at that period, you do need quiet time because you got to get right in your head. You got to get right with your maker, but you do need community to help you through it. And so that's why I love about what y'all are doing here because an entrepreneur typically doesn't have a place that they can go and talk to other people that do what they do because it's few and far between. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Hey, I hate to sit here and admit that I had a breakdown, but guess what? I did. And you may have one too. So do you, okay. Do you think all hardheaded, which we can all, we're all pretty hardheaded entrepreneurs. We had to learn by experience and learn the hard way on a lot, in a lot of cases. I think we had something to prove or not prove or I don't know what it is. Do all entrepreneurs have to go through that? Or do you think you can avoid it? Do you think we're just stupid and there's a smarter way to go about it? There's a this, From my perspective is it could have been easily avoided had I have been humble and listened and educated myself, yeah. not just on numbers and turnover ratio, but on <laughs> emotional intelligence Saying no, better time management, and peace of mind. But you got an MBA, and you probably didn't learn have any no. classes on any of that stuff that no. would teach you wisdom, you know? Because when it comes down to it, I think that's what it is, right? It's wisdom. And you had some opportunities to accept some, again, the conversation at the bar with the guy that didn't know you from Adam. Like, that was him saying, let me share some wisdom with you. And most of us don't take that type of wisdom. Yeah. There's also this piece of it. So it goes with the young entrepreneur. Like We do have the big dream thing. We read books like, Magic of Thinking Big, which I would endorse for everybody. But sometimes we can get a little too much bravado where we're not willing to accept wisdom, right? We're not yeah. willing to accept somebody else giving us um, a warning of like, hey, you can get across this, but there is a minefield you're about to walk through. We're like, yeah, I'll figure it out on my own, which is 
stupid. Suicide. It's, it really is, right? And that's part of the curse, is mm-hmm. not being willing to accept wise counsel when it's offered. I know one of the challenges for me, and so this is kind of weaves into your story too, Mike, which is really cool. I didn't really understand it worked quite this way. My religious upbringing um, did not allow for sharing weakness with mm. others. Mm. And so as I struggled, I didn't feel like I could share it with it. Like I felt like the admission of weakness, the admission of I'm struggling, I'm going through a hard time, like I couldn't share it mm. with others until I was in a spot where like I had to share it with others. And it's, it seems like maybe you had a similar thing is you're asking for help kind of once you're like, there's people that now recognize I need help. I can ask for help because I did the same thing. Eventually I'm like, Hey, I gotta ask, I gotta get some help. But the man, the best thing, the wisest move going Casey Riles, next wise move for, for you, your wife saved you by mm-hmm. dragging your butt to that community group yeah. and then launching you off with a stranger. Yes. And absolutely. God's providence shut that thing down and you had to share for three days or whatever it was. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean it really was, it was completely God's providence that, Thank God for my wife and so many issues, so many times. If y'all can't figure it out, she's the powerhouse here. You know, I'm just the idiot. We out. could figure it out. I mean, yeah, we did have it figured it's, out. It's kind of <laughs> evident, but yeah, it is. It's, you know, in college, I didn't drink. I went to FCA. I'm the super Christian. That was yeah. my persona in college. And I don't know how I got it. You know, I went to a Christian high school. My faith is every bit of part of my fiber as anything else. And my little rebellion with going through the bar yeah. period and all that it was what it was. It was a rebellion against I'm, I'm wise. And there's, you read the Bible, it's pretty evident what you should do and what you shouldn't yeah. do. But, you know, sometimes, I don't know. Well, you just, just you get that way. moment again where you're just, gosh, destitute to some degree and you're mm-hmm. just looking for something. So the coffee's not working as well anymore, whatever other type of sedative's not working as well anymore. Yeah. And you're just kind of reaching for something else to fill that emptiness inside. Um, the, the weaving parts of the story here is like as you're starting to come out of your deal and you're kind of coming out of that dark night that's when i'm like entering into mine like i met mike when i'm going through like the hardest time of my life mm-hmm. now you would have recognized it from the time we met but but mike was very gracious to me during a time where i was really struggling or he didn't beat me up he got to recognize i was struggling but like he didn't i don't know you just I don't, i've never told you this but like you you weren't judgmental you weren't um not the best ways to say it like you would say things to me, but you wouldn't beat me up with it. And I think there was a recognition of like, he ain't going to learn if I tell him. I don't know what it all was. Maybe you could tell me what it was because you know exactly what I'm saying. You recognize this dude's going the same path I just went down. I, I do. I distinctly remember some conversations. I'm kind of getting chills going, yeah, man, I was there less than a year ago. Mm-hmm. I know exactly where you're at. And I know what – you could have said this to me and man, wouldn't have done any good. Yeah. So, hey, to say it, you kind of got to figure it out yourself because at some point, head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. Mm-hmm. But does it come solely by hearing? Yeah, but it comes by you speaking it too. So, yeah. still, till, until you start speaking it yourself, it's not going to come full circle back down through the ear canal into the heart. Man, I 100% agree with you on that. You get to that point, like for you, you've said at some point out loud, I need some help. Yes, and that is the point of change is when you go, I need help, you verbalize it, and then it comes about. Yes, because you finally like, can say it out loud and believe it. You kind of feel it inside. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, coming, you're just coming apart at the seams, but when you say it out loud for the first time, there's this piece where it's like there's a little bit of freedom that's there. Yeah, but I mean, that, that's ultimate humility is out of, the, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. I mean, until that changes, I mean, it's a cycle. 
So if you ever want to get yourself, that's why people verbal, I mean, positive affirmations on some yeah. work for that very reason, out of the mouth, into the ear, down to the heart. And until you break down that I do need help, I am not this super Christian NBA college football player, blah, 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 look at me guy. Oh man, I'm just a dude who has screwed up royally and I need some help to get back on track. Yes. So I feel like this part we're speaking right now, this is a huge part of the entrepreneur curse. Yeah. It's because we never want to admit weakness. Yeah. Because everything is hustle and grind and I'm not going to like bash these people, but like, you know, I don't hear a lot of Grant Cardone saying like, have humility and like confide in another, right? right. So that most of the images, and that's, I say Grant Cardone's name, but like most people, it's like that, like be tough, you know, and be invincible and all these things. And it's like, man, you, you're not because you're a human being. Like exactly. you're going to die one day. Yeah. Right. Like you know I think Grant Cardone's are speaking to the people that think you can go crush it working 20 hours a week or oh. go show up and be successful. Nobody's speaking to the guy out there working 70 hours a week and using freaking coffee and alcohol to survive oh, well, through the freaking I'm gonna tell week. You for me, like, nobody's a real entrepreneur. Yeah, right. it's like, you need to slow the hell down. Yeah. Like, this is a but train Like, I mean, they're... The bridge is out. <laughs> the You're stuff I was adding coal to. To, the, to the fire. Like. <laughs> that stuff doesn't sell. That's, That's the only true. reason. Those guys are Crush there. it was the book that was big. Crush it. Was it. Gary Vee was like, you know, grind it. And he changed his tune over the years, too. Has he? It, I, I stopped following them when I hear crush it or four-minute work week or something. Hustle, like, grind, okay. and all those words. Sell your right. book, and then leave me, and I'm not going to listen yeah. to it. Yes. It's a waste of time because it it's not Work true. smarter, not harder. Yeah. It, you do get to a point uh. where this is what your guy was telling you. And then again, like, hey, here's what, here's what to expect. Here's what you should do. Right? It, it wasn't like, man, it's hustle and grind the whole way. Man, run the, run the gauntlet for the first five years. Mm-hmm. On the other side of it, you'll be free. <laughs> he told you exactly what was going to happen, what to do, right? It's yeah. so funny. To see, but it, again, nobody pays for that advice I know. until they're like broken on the other side of it. They're like, I wish I would have heard this money to pay for. Business model there for that kind of Hey, buddy, you got to borrow that credit card? <laughs> so, the, Mike, the truth is not cheap. That's oh, what it boils down ooh, to. That's good. Ooh, man. that is good. The truth good. is never oh, cheap. That's good. You can't tell me in a oh, man, $19 yes. Amazon book the truth. It just doesn't. Man, sure. I'm going to tell you something. All right. So, this is some truth I learned in the time for me when yeah. I was brokenness is everything felt important. Mm. Everything felt important until nothing was important until anymore. Does that make sense? Like the bar is important. And for me, it was like this civic group's important. And me being in the chamber is important. And me volunteering here is important. And my business is important. And my network is important until nothing was important. Nothing. Nothing was important. No, that's spot accurate because that's the way I was at, the, at that nine month period is I was doing nothing and nothing was important. But you know, what was important was the only thing I was doing was working on my soul, my spirit, yeah. and recouping my brain. Yeah. So changing my mind over to something more positive, away from whatever it was, your soul, spirit, being, mind, body, and spirit, that's what's important. And if you're not working on that, you're working on, you know, whatever social group you're going to, then you're spot acting. We all have to learn that the hard way. So this is funny, too, is it ties in a guy that works with you, and I think this guy might have worked at Telenet, too. Did Alan work at Telenet? Yeah, he did. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> all right, and so this was, yeah. this was a connection me and Mike had that yep. we didn't know that we had. We both yeah. knew Alan Reynolds uh, from, or from childhood, basically, from our teenage years. Mm-hmm. And um, at Alan's camp, I learned this Bible verse back when I was a kid, 
and it sticks with me now. Quite all, all the time I think about it because they used to teach us these Bible verses in this like emphatic way with motions and stuff. So you could, so it's me 30 years later, I remember them, right? But it was Mark 8, 36. It says, for what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And it's that idea, and I don't think this means like your eternal spirit. I think it means like, I mean, if you lose your humanity, lose who you are in the pursuit of gaining all these other things, like, what'd you really gain? Like, you lost yourself, man. Yeah. And it's just so cool to see some of those things. As again, I had that moment of feeling like, I, I like, I lost myself. Like, all this crap means nothing because I yeah. lost myself. And that's the same for you. Like, Absolutely. freaking lost. Like, gave up the ghost and Delta counter, right? Like, yeah. Just, just <laughs> unplugged it. Unplugged. It unplugged for me. Didn't have a choice. If you're a fan of the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast, we would love to hear about it. You can leave us a review right here on your favorite podcast app. You can subscribe to the podcast or you can find us on Instagram at The Entrepreneur Adventure. Until next time, thank you for joining us.